0: Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza, and on this episode of the Your Life, Your Terms show, I talked to Leonid Kotov, who is tackling an opportunity in Toronto that the majority of big developers really don't play in, and I would think that most flippers or people doing burr strategies aren't tackling. It's the missing middle, it's these multi-family properties where he's going in and taking single family lots, getting them rezoned if it needs to be rezoned, and build building small multi-family properties. I actually shouldn't uh, say they're totally small. One of them is a 10 unit that we were talking about about on the particular podcast. And I originally thought when I was introduced to him through Craig Race, and Craig Race is an architect who uh, was involved in the bylaw in Toronto around laneway housing and as of right laneway housing, that Leonid was a developer or had a construction background or was an architect of some sort, but that's not the case at all. He kind of fell into real estate after being in another career and then just ran with it. And now he's doing property development to, at a size that I just completely didn't expect, so he's a young guy. Wait till you hear kind of his um, you know ambitions, how he got into this, where he's going next, and I just think Toronto has so much opportunity that it's often neglected or people just kind of look at wherever they live and think the opportunity is elsewhere. But when you hear what he's tackling right now, it's really impressive. So he's gonna get into it. His website, if you're gonna check him out afterwards is greenstreetflats.com, that's greenstreetflats.com. And if you are listening to this and you want to get involved in real estate, but you're not sure where to get started. One of the reasons that we started the Rockstar Inner Circle membership was basically to handhold people who are gonna get into real estate who had never done it before or who wanted to grow their portfolio from one or two or three or four properties to a larger portfolio size. And we exist from an education point of view to take you on the streets and walk through the property acquisition process with you and then stick with you as you own these properties for any problems that you have in real estate, because problems always come up no matter what anyone says. There's always an issue or some sort of problem to deal with in real estate. You can call us and we can work together to tackle the problem and get through it together. So that's why we started this membership called Rockstar Inner Circle. You can learn about all the details about it by visiting rockstarinnercircle.com. rockstarinnercircle.com. We have classes that we host. We have a monthly member newsletter. We have events that are exclusively for members. We do live broadcasts just for members. So there's all these things happening in the Rockstar Inner Circle membership. You can find all the details by visiting rockstarinnercircle.com. That's it for the intro. Let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms?
1: Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy health and nutrition and more
0: it's the your life your term show with tom and nick Caradza. are you ready let's go we are live with leonid you got that cut off. How do I say your last name? Kotov. 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 <laughs> um, and uh, the reason that you are here is Craig Race, who are a big fan of, does the laneway housing stuff. Yes, sir. He kind of blew us away with what he's doing with laneway housing, as I'm yep. sure he blows you away. Yep. And as he was leaving or we were wrapping up, he's like, he told us, we have to have you on. And that's basically all he said, but we were such a fan of his, we're like, okay, Craig, if you say we have to have him on, we have to have him on. So you are now here. And uh, before we get into the building that you're doing in Toronto, Uh um, how did you get into the Yacht Week? Uh, What what were you doing with Yacht Week? How old were you? And what (laughs) what was going on? Like, how did you get there?
1: This is based on what we were just talking about before we went live. Um, me and my friends, we were all single at the time and we were looking for a fun adventure, so we ended up going to Croatia at, when I, how old was I, I was 29 at the time. We got a yacht, did, did the whole Yacht Week life up. It was, it was wild. It was and that's fun. when it's like, isn't it
0: like 30, like when I see it out on the water, I feel like it's like, it feels like maybe it's a hundred boats, but what is it like 30 boats altogether? No, it was like 60 boats. Oh, it's 60. Yeah. Oh, it is that many. No, okay. it's
1: crazy. At one point there was a party on one boat and it was literally kind of sinking into the water because there's way too many people on it <laughs> to the point that people had to just jump off. It was getting dangerous. So these are all these catamarans that are going out. There's right? catamarans and, and I, I don't know exactly what they're called, like the single hull one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So catamarans. Morans hold, I think, twelve people, and the single ones can hold up to eight people. Is there anyone like supervising? Like, is who's driving all these boats? You guys aren't. No, so there, no, are, there are there are captains of each boat that are out there. Yeah, there's a skipper for each boat, so they're the person in charge of of, of maintaining. And is that, sure you're that it? Alive. There's, yeah, there's no one else supervising this thing. <laughs> there's organizers and all that stuff, and there's also um, you can get someone who cooks you food. Oh, you can pay extra for that. Yeah. Otherwise you have to cook your own food. Like there's, there's a stove oh. or you can go, you Did know, you restaurant. Guys cook your own food or no, we had someone to take oh, care of us. We were, class. we were little babies. <laughs> first class. So yeah. all
0: your meals are prepared. Someone's driving the boat. It, and then I remember seeing pictures where yeah. all the boats will make
1: a circle. Yeah. Did you do that? Yeah. This is called the circle, uh, circle raft. Yeah. And then there's like a DJ in the middle. DJ stands in the middle and they're like one, two, three, they turn on the music and everyone jumps in at the same time. There's a bunch of floaties. It's yeah. Everyone's drinking in the water. Do you the just bar- popping. Do you just barely survive this week? Oh, I was, I was sick. Most of it because you're just, you're just drinking so much. It's, it's a ludicrous. Time. Drinking in the sun and it's hot in the summer. I don't know if you caught a bit of a yes. real, it can go over 40 out there on it the water. It was very hot and then you're in the water you're in the water you're just drinking and and you know hoping hoping to be all right <laughs> wow yeah. yeah we see it and it's funny we were on uh we were just talking that we were on
0: one of the islands that you stopped on this yeah. island brach and there's this place bowl on this island yeah. and we we're having lunch and a bunch of these boats pull in like it was only yeah. a small portion of them or yeah. some of the other ones had left i don't really know what was happening but nick my brother yeah was just you know freaking out about what is that (laughs) what what is going on because there's flags on all these boats from different countries yeah yeah yeah. and then my son who, yeah yeah, so i think nick wanted to go with my son who's 21 he's like aiden yeah why don't we go on this thing yeah but i think aiden would like to go with his buddies but it's it's a hard sell because if you're from here yeah it's a difficult place to get to yeah and no one really really understands what's happening how did you convince
1: your buddies to do this i don't i don't even know how it came up it just one of us heard about it and we were just talking about it for maybe a year. And then we we're like, let's just try it. Yeah, let's yeah. just go. Um, but yeah, it's mostly, it's a lot of Europeans for sure. But there's a ton of people from the States. There's Australians. There, there's people from South America. Everyone brings their own flag and they're flying it on their boats. It's a it's With a that time. many boats, it looks just wild. One one time we were out in the islands and this
0: yacht week thing pulls up and some guys, I think they were from like Yale or yeah. something in the States. Yeah and they were test piloting this thing where you go in the water with like a jet pack and it blows water underneath. Oh. You. Like now now these things are everywhere. Yeah, yeah, this is like 10 years ago yeah. or more 15 years ago yeah. or something. And they were flying around the water yeah. and it was like the, the pilot and they're like you know we're going to license this thing and uh, we're like what is this yacht week? Who are these people? What What is happening? I always wonder if the locals hate it or love it or a combination. Yeah between. I think they're just used to it. It's it's, yeah. it, it's they don't have a much of an economy out there. Yeah. So I think they're just kind of used to yeah. madness on those islands during the summer month, yeah. right? It brings a lot of money in for sure. For sure. On one of the islands, I'll never forget, we had the kids and we had stopped on this island and we had a nice on, uh, this was on Havar. Yeah, and, uh, we, yeah. We, that's a beautiful island. It's a beautiful yeah. island. And I guess we stopped maybe when there was like this... Uh, when, when is it? DJ shows up and he's there for a few days, like a festival, like a DJ thing. I forget. Ultra? Ultra. Oh, my Thank God. You. Yeah. And we didn't know Ultra was going on. So we book this hotel and uh, it's me, Nick's family. We all have young kids at this point, and my brother in law. Right. There's three families, all of us oh with God. young kids the air conditioning in this hotel broke down. It was like 42 during the day. And uh, at one point I opened the little bar bar fridge. I stick my head in the bar fridge because I couldn't cool down at night because we had these crappy little fans that they were trying to give us. And Ultra was going on and it was four in the morning and I guess there's a fort at the top of this place and I guess the DJ was up there and they're playing music. And it was four in the morning and I could hear the beat like it was just right next to me. Like boom. The bass travels. Boom. boom. Yeah. Yeah. So I just open the the window put my head out like just in complete exhaustion and desperation like I don't know do I go out and start partying with these like what do I do right now because I'm (laughs) I'm like the kids are exhausted everyone's overheating so uh I wouldn't recommend for a family to go to that island during ultra (laughs)
1: no (laughs) no 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 no. that is not the right place they do a yacht week with ultra also that's just oh do they like a complete but yeah, that, that sounds like so yeah. next level insane. Now we always right. miss
0: Ultra purposely by two or three days. Good. And it's funny, when we miss Ultra, if we're coming in and flying in at the airport, you always see from Ultra like two or three 20-year-olds just sleeping like it looked like for three days at the side of the airport because they missed their flight yeah. and they can't get out of the country or something like that. I would avoid it now at this
1: point in my life as well. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, it looks fun if you're young. <laughs> anyway, we are here to discuss many different things with you. Can Absolutely. you tell everyone what is what are you up to with
1: Green Street Flats. Like, what are you doing? How did you get started with this? Give us a bit of background.
0: What are you up to right now?
1: Sure. Yeah. So, with Green Street Flats, we're building missing middle uh, housing in Toronto right now. uh, Potentially expanding elsewhere. What missing middle is is is, um, housing that doesn't fit, you know, your single family um, home, and it doesn't fit into the condo. So, somewhere that something that falls in between that is missing middle. Uh, What we focus on is five to thirty unit uh, places. We're building new from scratch. Some of them are renovations, but they're heavily renovated. Um, And up to this point, it's all been rental. And we're going into neighborhoods, um, in uh, prime neighborhoods within Toronto, finding deals opportunistically, um, getting entitlements uh, through a cumbersome plot process, Mm -hmm. shall we say, and, uh, building it, leasing it up and, uh, owning, operating. Hmm. You're keeping possession of these pro of these properties, these rentals.
0: Yes. Where, who the heck are you? Where, how did you get started? This is a family business that started with this thing. Um, if you have to take the call, don't worry. Take no, no, call. No, no, you just no. have to share it with everybody on the podcast <laughs> so you can hear your discussion. No, no, no. Yeah, no. How
1: did you get started in this? Uh, so how old are you right now? I'm 33. Okay. Yeah. How did yeah. you get into this? Uh, so I got started with, um, so it was twen- 2017 and it was, uh, they just changed the mortgage rules. Mm-hmm. So there was a dip in the market, if you remember that. I time. do. Yeah. And sorry, maybe I should backtrack before this. I didn't get into real estate out of nowhere. So after I finished uh, undergrad, I joined a firm that was doing uh, private lending, learned that business, went off with a partner. We did that for a number of years uh, before I did any of this. So we would um, broker and sometimes lend our own funds to um, you know single family homeowners or developers who would do do you know, flip, flips, first, second mortgages privately from 2012 till kind of started tapering that down around 2017, 2018. Um, because it got quite uh, um, quite busy and the rates started to go down relative to the risk. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of uh, background to that. Um, I also, in the middle of that, I did JD, MBA. So mm-hmm. I have some education background in terms of kind of working my way around the laws, bylaws, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So. And what was your undergrad in? Uh, business. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I went to uh, undergrad. I went to Schulich at York, uh, and uh, for for masters and JD, I went to University of Toronto. So 2017 happens, and I was looking around. Like I had some money saved up, I wanted to buy an, an investment property. The market was insane. Um, looked in Hamilton, went to Buffalo, even looked at places there. Oh, yeah. We were, I was driving back and forth over the border because they had they had really good uh, like high cap rates compared to us. Yeah. But then I had a family friend that lives in Buffalo, so he connected me to to a real estate agent, and we'd look around these places, and they, we cat you know, the numbers looked really well, really good. Uh, but then when I kind of calmed down and thought about it, I'm like, how the hell am I gonna operate something out of Buffalo? It's way way too far. <laughs> so uh, prices calmed down. Um, saw a place. It was on Broadview Avenue, um, north of the Danforth. It was basically a burnt down uh, two and a half story single family home. Uh, by burnt down, I mean there was a shell, mm-hmm. um, um, and everything inside the insurance company had taken out and there was a coach house in the back. So I saw it and I said, Oh, easy peasy. Each floor can be its own unit, you know, basement, ground, second, third, done and there's a coach house i didn't know anything about the approvals process the coach there. house on the back end was there a laneway or no 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 way. there was a coach it's house a back st- there but historic coach house which it. has just been got there it. for like a hundred years old uh looks really cool inside the way we, we we fitted it out at the end of the day but it was just everything was just burnt they literally uh were selling it the the lady was too old to to mm-hmm. to, to deal with rebuilding it um so yeah i had no idea about any of the entitlements process i kind of just it's a good deal. Um uh, just got it. That's how it starts. Yeah. Um took three years to get all of the final finalized approvals, all that kind of stuff. Um, but did that, it went really well, refinanced it. Uh I did a single family flip um during that period as well. Um where was that? Also in Toronto. Okay. Um in the annex. Mm. Rolled that into another two projects, basically kind of organically refinancing i have since brought on some investors on certain projects. Um, and yeah, that's what we've been doing.
0: So now you have a company that basically just goes around, finds opportunities within Toronto and you're focusing on building this missing middle type of product. Correct. Which is a multi-unit where you are finding lots, maybe two lots together. Is it one lot, two lots
1: together? It depends. We've done. So, uh, a lot of the projects have been one lot. Uh, some of the projects have been assembling lots. Um, and what can you build on one lot again? Depends like there's such variety. What's the biggest thing you've built on one lot? The biggest thing that we've built on one lot thus far is 10 units, but that was a double lot, which we've, which we severed, um, into two and five units on each. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, what is the biggest thing you've ever built? that's the biggest one that we've actually constructed. Okay. The biggest approval that we have thus far is for 27 units. It's also in Toronto. It's for like a, uh, called a low-rise apartment building uh, focusing on, everything that we do is focused on neighborhoods because my thesis is that neighborhoods are underserved from a standpoint of, of, of multifamily because I don't I don't know Oakville as well, mm-hmm. but in, in Toronto particularly, you know, we have the What's called the yellow belt. So, all of these neighborhoods that are just historically single family homes, and then a ton of density on these major, major streets. Well, a lot of people want to live in neighborhoods, but they can't necessarily afford the single family homes, or they want to rent in these um, single family home neighborhoods because it just feels homier. They're nice neighborhoods. They're nice neighborhoods. There's, I I think, psychologically for a lot of people who grew up here, um, there's something about living in a house form or low-rise form building rather than uh, a high-rise that, that, that makes it feel more homey um, just because it, it reminds them of childhood. It's just how the human psycho- psychology works. Um, so go into those neighborhoods and, and uh, we, we densify into, you know um, more than fourplexes, so multiplexes, if you will. Um, the idea is not novel. It's not, you know, it's a multiple. No, but the products that
0: you're building is really
1: nice. Like these are modern, beautiful looking multifamily units. Yes. Because usually when people think of multiplexes, they're um, nothing against students. And we've had students living there, but just more rundown places that have just existed, you know, are like 30, 40 years old, uh, not necessarily Oh, geez. One of my friends lived in a hundred year old
0: uh, house in uh, by Hamilton and McMaster. When I went to visit him, he's like, okay, here, you know, he had to get something. And uh, I'm like, where are you going? And he's like, well, that's my bedroom is. And he went past the furnace, like he had to duck under HVAC through the furnace room. And there was a curtain, there was a curtain tied to some exposed HVAC that like was the door to his bedroom that you had to duck under. I'm like, dude, you live in, this is where you live and you pay rent. Yes. And he goes, yeah, it's actually a pretty good deal. Like he was, he was happy with it. But I remember just being shocked. It was this (laughs) area behind the furnace room that someone had turned into like a bedroom that they were renting out. I don't think things are as bad as that now in Hamilton still crazy stuff yeah. but when you say student rentals can be run down yeah you are building I would think the opposite of what someone would envision it's they, these are beautiful properties Thank how you. are you getting um, along with the neighbors in the area so I'm sure everyone's opposed to, to what you're doing why do you think so uh, yeah, just because <laughs> it, humans <laughs> humans are always difficult uh. so are you just kind of going to the city like are you building it? how I guess are you presenting this to get it passed Cause you're having to
1: rezone these properties. No, uh, in, rezoning in a way, not necessarily rezoning application, but minor variances. M- minor sure. variance. Okay. So for how sure. are you getting the approval on these minor variances? That's a great question. It's, uh, you don't have to reveal your secrets either, but I'm, I am curious no, no, cause this is a fine. challenge. That's literally the, the, the secrets. It's not even secret sauce. That's the most challenging sure. part, part of it, uh, frankly. Um, so, I would say that it's a combination of proactively, and it, and it varies, I should say, project by project, because it just depends on who the neighbors are, right? Some neighbors just happen to be uh, more understanding of these type of typologies. And I think a lot of it from what we've seen is, is actually age-related. Um, mm-hmm. So younger families m- m- are more open to this because I think they're coming out of multifamily living in one way, shape, or form, and maybe they bought a, uh, uh, their first mm-hmm. house. So I think that's where where it's coming from, but I'm not sure. Um, but uh, definitely people who have lived in a neighborhood for you know, 20, 30, 40 years, a lot of them have concerns, not necessarily opposed, but concerns. Because it's change, right? And it's change is scary. Um, so the way that we approach it is we try to talk to the neighbors, explain to them, what we're doing prior to prior to hearings. Sometimes that goes well, sometimes it goes horribly wrong. Um, And, and by this talking to them, you're knocking on their door, you're leaving a letter in their mailbox, knocking on the door, knocking on the door, literally knocking on doors. Okay. Yeah. You know, so the way that it works, at least for a committee of adjustment is they, uh, the, they, the city sends out notices for what someone's going to be doing to a radius. I believe it's 60 meters around the property. So you go around the whole block, Knock on as many doors as we can, not just once, multiple times, because you don't know when someone's going to be there. And uh, sometimes we leave letters, sometimes we don't. Show them, walk around, show them plans. This is what we're thinking of doing. Are you? Is this okay? Any input? Support? Uh, show them plans, and they are beautiful-looking properties you're building, so that probably helps. That helps. Um, it doesn't look just like a rectangle. Like you're building something with a bit of character. Here. Yeah, yeah. I would say I would say it helps. Sometimes we give you know references to other neighbors who have been. Um, um, who who have been fine with us and who who supported us from the very beginning and who like they're they're living beside our properties and they they don't have any issues right because um, I think the fear is oh we're going to take the single family home and in a case of a single family home often they're not there are sometimes units in there already but you're going to make them larger change them something's going to go awry there's going to be you know garbage issues. Parking used to be a very big one, but now City of Toronto removed the parking minimums. Um, So yeah, it's it's a little bit of a of a. um, Are as of right triplexes allowed in Toronto right now? Yes, that got passed. Um, Not in every single area yet. Oh, okay. Um, I think they're they're just finalizing it. Okay, but, but that'll be huge. Yes. Yes, I think I know you're doing more than triplexes, but it's a step in the right direction for For the city. For sure, the the issue with Toronto, um, at least from our perspective, the numbers on the rental side, it's very difficult to make work with just three or four units. Mm -hmm. Land prices are very expensive. It depends on what area you're going into. Also, like some areas, um, for it 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 could work like more more periphery areas, but we like to be, um, kind of, call it more class A. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah, you're choosing nice spots. So when
0: you, okay, that's how you deal with the neighbors and start to get them on board. Yes. When some of them are not on board and you get to the city, how are you, I guess you've lost sometimes too, I would imagine. Um, but how are you winning? What are you telling the city that you have found is
1: useful? Yeah. So while we're, even before we're doing that, we're approaching the city, having conversations with planning and making sure that we're on side with them. I don't like to do things that are, um, in opposition to the city. And are they generally supportive? Depends on the project for the most part, okay. yes. Uh, Why would they not be? What do, what do you hear when they're not supportive? They just don't like what you're building there? It's too much. It's too much. It's too much. So we have a project. Um, we had a project um, in the east end, which we haven't finished. We haven't built yet, but we got the approvals okay. for at, at committee of adjustment. But in that one, it was a that's the 27 unit uh, um, uh, apartment. They just thought the side yard setbacks were they wanted to see more side yard setbacks because you got to remember the bylaws are they're quite old. Like I think they're from the 20 early 2010s, if I remember correctly. So they have requirements for like two and a half meter side yard setbacks, which, you know, they weren't saying that we need to do that. But those are very difficult to do in Toronto where lots are generally smaller right? Um, So they look at those numbers and they're saying, well, you're triggering a massive variance by not following two and a half meter side yard setbacks. We need to see more. But if you push in your building too much, again, the numbers stop stop working Mm -hmm. because the construction costs have obviously skyrocketed. Um, So that's the only case where we've been offside with the city and the other times, you know, planning supportive because they're, they're really seeing this type of housing as, as, a, one as one of a the, need? as, a need, as <laughs> and one of the solutions yeah, to, yeah. to, you know, the under housing that we have in the city. Well, um,
0: have you had to sell a property that you couldn't build on that you just couldn't get them on board with? No.
1: Okay. So you've I've all, that. you've always won or you've just had to probably change your plans. I assume we've had to change our plans. We've lost the committee of adjustment a few times. Okay. We've had to go to T lab, uh, which is the appeal body, mm. uh, three times. Um, Knock on wood. You've won. Won so far. Yeah, awesome. Um, so, you know, it's, it, but we have had to iterate and change things mm-hmm. if we, if we, if we end up at a, a at a appeal hearing. Um, the other thing that has changed very recently with, um, I think it's called Bill 23, the one that uh, mm-hmm. yep. the, the uh, Ford just passed. Uh, they took away the ability for a neighbor to appeal a committee of adjustment decision, which was really huge mm-hmm. for us. So what would happen before is, most of the time we'd win a committee of adjustment, but then all it took is one, one acre, person to appeal it. $300. Yeah, disaster. Acre. So the one that we're finishing to build right now, that 10 unit project that I was tell- that I was saying, um, that was appealed uh, by one of the neighbors. We had won a committee of adjustment, appealed it, and it was all happening during COVID as well. So the initial approvals got delayed by eight months to get to committee of adjustment because everything mm-hmm. shut down, the so mm-hmm. city couldn't work. Add on top of that the appeal, which was super delayed because again everything just was backlogged. So that was another eighteen months. So it took a long time to get the approvals for that project, and the pro. Uh, in some cases, in those hearings, if the if the neighbors want to kind of stack up against you, meaning spend a lot of time, uh, uh, you know talking and, and and emoting rather than talking about planning arguments which is typically what often what happens um that can span many many days so in that case the hearing lasted seven or eight days which is more oh, than it would shit. typically last for like for a high rise frankly um now that was a particularly egregious situation that neighbor um did a lot of uh, messed up stuff in that hearing um to the point that we were able to get a significant probably i think the biggest cost award ever granted um against them um but but it it's a huge delay how does a cost award work a cost award is is um like similar to in court if someone sues you and it's uh, so they actually had to pay for some of your costs to go through this minimal amount of it but it's just they they were doing some egregious stuff oh wow yeah um do you want to tell us what they were doing that just comments throughout the hearing, like, okay. like they're being mean mean like making it last a lot longer than need to be vexatious it, it yeah. was all kind of on purpose stuff
0: how have you found the contractors that you're working with this is like another area does that come from some family connections or something I'm just trying to figure you out like you're a young guy who's yeah. going into Toronto building yeah. these things with uh, there's much need yeah there is a missing middle yeah you're solving this problem it feels like you're just rolling into this pretty easily I understand there's tons of challenges I'm not trying to yeah. say this is easy not, at all but you're doing a really wonderful job here yeah. um How are you finding the contractors and builders and architects? Like, where's this network coming from?
1: Uh, Trial and error. Um, So the contractor, so I have a construction manager who who works with me. Um, On that first project, I met, I don't even remember how many, a a lot of different. Is this the coach house project? The coach house project. Yeah, the one that was burnt down. Yep. Met a ton of of different people. And uh, I was recommended, the person who I work with now, by a family friend uh, he does security systems and he had done he's done a bunch of projects as a security guy for 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 the um, contractor who I work with awesome now. okay so I don't know I just met him and I just had the best feeling about him I, I my biggest fear was um how do you trust someone with such a important process, right? Especially if your thesis is to hold these things, if they screw up, and I don't have any construction background, right? So if they screw up something for you, behind man. the walls, you're, sc- you're, you're screwed, you're right? right? So I just had such a good feeling about this person that he's trustworthy and he'll never rip me off. And again, thank God I went with him and been working with him since 2017, numerous projects. He's a blessing.
0: And then I don't know what you can share, what you want to share, Mm -hmm. but how are you raising money? Are you going, you're going to your network and saying, Hey, I got this project. Here's what I'm
1: thinking. Yeah. So it's like a big joint venture starting a new corporation for the, for each project. Yeah. There's definitely nominee corporations for, for the projects. And it's just within my network thus far. Okay. Uh, Been doing joint ventures. Awesome, so yeah. you're presenting
0: the opportunity, here's what I'm building, here's how the numbers yeah. are gonna work, yeah. do you want in, you have friends, family, through correct. your network giving you money correct. to go and help build
1: these things. Yeah, and so everybody's, you're keeping them and they're part owners of this project? Correct, yeah, and then the accounting just works. Once it's done, recapitalized, money's, money's returned back on a pro rata basis, and then afterwards as it's cash flowing, uh, if you've done your job right, um, it gets a portion. And what are you seeing in rents right now on some of these projects?
0: Are you seeing rents? Uh, could you give us a ballpark on one of the buildings? It could be a past project, like for a one-bedroom unit, a two-bedroom. I don't even know what your what the size of the units are. Can yeah. you guys just ballpark to paint the picture for people?
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, for well, we haven't. Uh, we actually focus on larger units than one bedroom, typically like two or three bedroom. Um, partially because um, that's the way the floor plate works out best, and partially because I think there's just a dearth of that product in, in the city, I would say. Especially that, the three bedrooms, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. And once you're, because we're stick framing everything, there's there is definitely added cost to building an extra bedroom, sure. But relative to, again, more of a concrete high-rise construction, the relative incremental cost is a lot less. Mm. Um, so we can, we can deliver that product for reasonable amounts of money. Um, relative to that that uh, high-rise product. Um, um, so in terms of ballpark rents, they'll, ra- they'll really I range. Can, I get it. But, yeah, that's a loaded question. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. So for, uh, I would say, ballpark, like three-bedroom, would be going for around 4000 right now. Um, Holy shit. Yeah. That's what it's going for in Toronto? Yeah, two-bedrooms are like around three to three-and-a-half right now. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I don't know.
0: I don't have all the math in front of me, but I can see how you build something large enough. You're going to be able to get the, the numbers on this thing to work. So you build this. You have partners in it, you recapitalize, meaning you're going to some financial institution saying, all right, we now have a finished project. Yes. Are they rented? They're rented out by this point. Yes. They're rented out. We have income on this thing. Will you lend against it? Maybe First National or First National not interested in this? No, no. First National. We've done deals with. Okay, so First National will come in. Mm -hmm. All right. We will lend against Mm -hmm. it. And then uh, then you're set from there. Mm -hmm. Um, Wow. Yeah. Like really kind of cool.
1: Yeah. You. And again, it just depends on uh, your inputs are obviously your land cost. What mm-hmm. you bought, what you bought the place for, what it took, uh, the interest, any s- approval, soft the cost. time. Yeah. yeah. T- the time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then construction costs. Right. And yeah. Material and labor, both going through the roof yeah
0: yeah supply it, chain problems on material There's it was really things you're dealing with here
1: yeah it was really messed up in uh 2021 we were we were going through uh, finishing or working through a build and that would that was a tough one because everything was all over the place everything took a lot longer so a project that would take us nine months took 14 mm-hmm. which is not horrible when it relatively speaking but you know 14 to nine months on a percentage basis that's that's a big jump. huge yeah um, so carrying costs and all that gets affected as a result. So you just have to be careful, right? If you, ha- careful in the sense of enough buffer uh, and, and meat on the project to, to safeguard against those things. And now, you know, the big challenge is the interest rates. Because mm-hmm. I don't think many people were going into projects, um, at least no. the type of stuff that we're no. doing. Uh, a year about, ago, being yeah. like, oh, you know, it's gonna go up by 4%, literally, you know? Um, mm-hmm. People were locking in at sub twos on CMHC loans at one point, and now, you know, if you're able to get at, you know, a, it's all above fours effectively right mm-hmm. now. So it's 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 wild. And how are you adjusting for that going forward? I guess now you're planning for
0: the higher interest rates. Is the higher interest rates now just cost pre- pre- preventative altogether, or are you just building in the extra cost through the whole project, and you can still get enough rent cash
1: flow, rent income from this to make it work? So. Part of it was we just never priced in those low interest rates as in our performance. Oh, so from the beginning you were just using higher rates. I just, the, I yeah, we just thought it was it was so low, and if you're gonna prof- if if you need that rate to make a project work, I thought it was way too risky to to mm. to go into something. Cause, wow. Because the biggest risk, the way that I see it, at least with real estate, is you can if everything goes well, you can you can make good money. Uh, over time but it's a place where people make a lot of money and lose a lot of money and a lot of people don't talk about the, the losses and because you have to you use can leverage.
0: lose money in real estate yeah, surprise, holy man. shit okay. yeah. tell us more yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, interest is, rate change, yeah. It, 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 this is how our so family, many, so I haven't, you don't know this about yeah. us, but like our family almost lost everything because rates went up. Our father was flipping. He ran a drywall com- construction company. Right. And uh, rates went up in 1990, which is, uh, wait, how old are you? You're not born. I was born I was in 1990. 19- 90, okay, 90, yeah, yeah, you're born right yeah. in 90. Okay, so yeah, right did. at that time, our family really struggled because rates went through the roof. In right. a 30-day period, they went up 2.9% on our family in 30 days. Wow. And a house that he was buying uh, in Mississauga to flip Bought it for seven hundred fifty thousand. It went down within four months to we think four fifty. Wow. We couldn't afford the loss. We rented it out, losing a thousand dollars a month. We almost lost everything. Nothing was moving. Starter home category was moving. Yeah, like a starter home house, but like four, this was four thousand four hundred square feet, three car garage, uh, Mississauga Road in Eglinton. Mm-hmm. Complete standstill. Yeah, nothing moved. So that taught us the lesson of like, wow, our biggest variables here are. You can look at everything. You can look at supply. You could look at demand. But the biggest thing we need to look at is interest rates because yeah. that's a variable we can't control. And then that got us into macroeconomics because we're like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> Canada's interest rates are often dictated by what the U.S. does. Yeah. And for us to understand what the U.S. is doing, we need to understand their economy. Right. And then that leads you into global macroeconomics right. of right. like, well, what's going on with oil <laughs> and what happens with oil supply? You know, yeah. like it kind of leads you down this path. Yeah. And as a sophisticated real estate investor. Yeah. We feel you need to look into all this stuff because it's going to affect your project in Toronto, Hamilton, Whitby, Barrie. 100%. You know, what happens with, uh, you know, supply chains in China and in Europe is going to affect you on the street in Toronto. 100%. And it took us a while to kind of like make that connection. Yeah. but, um, But that is the way we try to protect ourselves. We're like, hey, what the hell is happening with interest rates? Where can they go? Yeah. And I, I, even with all that analysis the last couple of years, I just didn't expect them to go this high. I was like with this- Not many people did. No, I'm like this much debt in the world. And now we're starting to see the breaking we're starting to see some of the bank runs going on yeah we're starting to see the cracks there's an insurance company today as we're recording where their credit default swaps the insurance on their debt is going up through oh yeah yeah it's skyrocketing so we're starting to see these cracks yeah i just
1: thought they would have happened already six months ago yeah and what the scary part is that the cracks are from the raises that happened six months ago. six so, months ago so we don't know what the effects of these raises well were. we don't know in six
0: months from now like exactly. i remember with the great financial crisis if i feel like it was the spring okay i don't have the data in front of me so i might be messing up but i think it was bear stearns and spring In spring yeah march was, was bought out yeah yep. it was but forced to be bought out and then yep. lehman i think hit september yeah like right. it was months later yes so now i'm seeing this hit and i'm like yeah brace brace yourselves because of this fall like there might be a domino we don't see exactly this fall but yep. i also think that domino this fall might be the trigger for interest rates to come shooting back down yep where the central banks come back in and say, oh, my gosh, for your safety and our safety and yeah. the safety of everything. Yeah. Here we here we go. We got to drop rates. But uh, who knows?
1: Yeah. I took us off off on a tangent yeah. there. No, no, no. But it's an it's an interesting it's a very interesting point. The I like to think about these things as well. And I'm no no economist. But the playing that out a little bit is even if they do lower rates, but we still haven't beat it beat up inflation. Then we're in a, real, then we're in a world a they have to be
0: distant. Like this is where it's so interesting to me holding hard assets because yeah. I believe that you're kind of in this weird win-win situation that like, it's a pain in the ass to build properties. What you're doing in Toronto, you have to deal with labor costs and skyrocketing uh, material costs, the whole bit. Yeah. But if they don't beat inflation and they lower rates, hard assets, are really going to benefit in dollar terms. Yeah. And I feel like if they beat inflation, they're going to have to raise rates so much higher because it seems like they haven't beat it yet Yeah, that it's going to create this financial crisis somewhere that I don't know where, like I didn't know there was gonna be bank runs on Silicon Valley Bank, but there's gonna be a financial crisis somewhere that is gonna then require some sort of easing. And I don't know if it'll be quantitative easing or drop in rates or what it will be. And what we are talking about with our team is that we can expect to see more loose money policy, even in the world of higher rates. So for example, the liberal proposed, their liberal government proposed their budget yesterday. And I'm not trying to get into politics at all, but they basically said, we are going to. Uh, we're proposing a two hundred and fifty dollars for singles or four hundred and thirty dollars for a family for grocery rebate money. Okay. Have you have you heard of this? No, I have. So they're proposing yesterday. Yeah, okay. in the budget, it's not approved. Okay, but they're saying we're going to do a grocery rebate. Right. And eleven million
1: Canadians will qualify. Right. Wow. So it's kind of targeted. Targeted helicopter. But money, it's t- you know?
0: exactly so. All it's right. two point. I think they said it's going to cost them two point one billion or something. And right. I'm like, okay, well, we don't have this as a country saved. Right. <laughs> So now we are going to take on more debt, create more new monetary units, yeah. devalue the currency further. Everyone's going to look around and say, well, great, I got one grocery bill paid for, but why is everything going up in price still? So it's, we're in this kind of debt cycle trap at this moment where... You almost need to grab onto hard assets for dear life, yeah. whether you believe in real estate or not. It's yeah. what's also led us down the path and the great financial crisis down the gold path. Yeah. And also what led us into Bitcoin. We don't have to get into the whole Bitcoin thing because that's some Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. 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 So do we. So we're we yeah, that's a full Bitcoin node sitting right. Uh, sitting right here. Oh, there you go. So um, <laughs> it, it just feels to me that any way you cut it, yeah. it leads to higher value and hard assets. Yeah. Um, And then for somebody like you building what you're building, you're hitting, like, to me, this really interesting sweet spot where the big developers don't play in your world. The person who's doing a single family flip or like a custom build is really not competing against you. You found this niche that I feel like has great legs and that you can benefit from for for however long you want to do this. Yeah. Is that how you're viewing this opportunity in front of you? And where where do you. What are, you, what are you thinking for the next few years? Keep doing what
1: you're doing? What's, what's your plan going forward? So yeah, I mean, that's exactly how I see it. It's, it's an interesting niche that uh, is largely overlooked. So I think we're gonna be focusing on, on continuing to grow uh, the asset base, um, kind of going, hopefully, for, instead of going project by project in terms of the uh, fundraising to go to more of a fund model where we can uh, hold numerous assets. Altogether, Because you said project by project before we were recording, you were saying it's a bit of a pain in the ass raising project by project. Yeah, it just takes, it takes time. uh, And it's time that you can, if you have a certain amount of capital, which you're, you know, call it not fully in control of, but more so in control of, right? Rather than running around for every single project, you can use that time to find new deals and make sure that the existing projects are successful, right? Mm -hmm. It just opens up. Time.
0: And you'll take on, I guess, just the legal framework. There was a time with this business where we were approached by a few people downtown and say, hey, why don't you just turn your whole business into a fund? Yep. And the reason we didn't go down the path at the time is I don't think we were the people that were capable to do it, quite mm-hmm. frankly. I just don't think our minds were like there yeah. just in speaking to you I think you're very capable mm-hmm. in doing <laughs> in doing that um, there was a crazy legal cost just to sit, like just to set up yeah. the, the fund and go down that process but so you're weighing that whole thing and thinking it's still worth it that you can go down and set up the infrastructure to do this even though it might be a big pain in the ass the
1: the benefits outweigh those pains well there's different t- there's a ton of different funds right so there's there's ones that are more public, private, uh, different reporting standards for each one, right? So there's different Pain in the ass thresholds, Mm. if you will. So you would Uh, keep yours private. Yeah, I think think private for 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 the foreseeable future uh, would be would be the ideal. And also, it's just speaking frankly, it's way too small to be even considering anything anything public related. Sure. Um, And the you don't know where it leads, but sure. Yeah, out out of the gates you're going to (laughs) start private. Yeah, yeah. And the reporting standards are 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 very arduous for for um, for public, right? Um, And the other avenue that we want to explore more, more so is uh, major avenues that are still within within neighborhoods. Um, So that's your a ton of streets in Toronto are considered are are within that yellow belt. So they have just a bunch of single family homes, um, but they are a major street like a 20, 23 meter right of way. So why in God's green earth are we just building single family homes there? We should be allowing for some additional density there. Um, and I guess the third thing is potentially looking outside of Toronto.
0: And and why why
1: would you ever consider looking outside of Toronto? Um, just in terms of the numbers, so it was very very difficult to do anything in um, twenty, you know, mid twenty twenty one till um, when things froze in twenty twenty two, because. The land values were insane in Toronto, and everything was just jumping up and up and up. And for most of our product, we were competing against either an end user who will always overpay—not mm. overpay, but will pay. Sure, more it's their around. family home. They—they're thinking about it different. Mm. And at that time, also, you know, renovators or flippers or custom home builders who were looking at it, and they were—they were. I—I they were, I think at least what they were thinking in their head is, prices have gone up twenty percent. They're gonna go up twenty percent next year, so I can buy it for this amount, and it's easy if it grows by twenty (laughs) percent. I'm good, right? Yeah. Versus, we're very conservative in that those numbers, so we just couldn't make it work, and it was just getting bid. So you're
0: going down the path. So I'm born in Toronto, but grew up in Mississauga. Nick and I both grew up in Mississauga. But when we started investing, we just got pulled into McMaster and system student rentals. Actually, Nick was flipping in Mississauga. Right. um, But we got pulled to the student rentals. And that kind of made us look at outside of Toronto for the first time, because growing up in Mississauga, there was this kind of view of Hamilton, like, Hamil- like why right. would you ever go to Hamilton, Ontario, right. right? Then when we looked at Hamilton, we're like, wow, this is like a weird arbitrage o- opportunity. And it's what led us into rentals um, in Hamilton was that we realized the prices are quite substantially different than, yes. than you know, Etobicoke, Mississauga, that kind of area where we grew up. But the rents are not As different. The the percentage isn't as big of a drop in the rent. So we found, we're like, is this just like an inefficient arbitrage opportunity where no one's taking advantage of it? And we went through this 10-year window of like, we thought we were crazy, and maybe being a bit too conservative yeah. because we thought, "Are we like, yeah. what are we missing here?" Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like when you're in Toronto, sometimes you just don't see the opportunities. And I think some of these, what I would call tertiary areas around the GTA, are almost just being swallowed up by Toronto. Right. And now I almost look at Hamilton or even on the east side, of Oshawa, Barry, almost as just suburbs to Toronto. Yeah, and their rents are very strong. Yes. So I could see why you would want to go to some of these communities or perhaps even further and do whatever you want even out there. But the opportunity seems pretty obvious to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing, you know, with with, uh, you know, rental condo. I have a friend who who does uh, condos and they focused on uh, Waterloo um, for years. Killed it. Right. No one was looking at it. It was just a bunch of single family homes and they were just building these student rental well condos, but students are there, they're killing it. They're doing stuff in Kingston, they're doing stuff in Hamilton, large projects for these municipalities that were overlooked for a really long time. And it's interesting you bring up students because over the last few
0: years, universities are just killing it because They're going outside of Canada and saying, hey, if you want status in Canada, here's the way to do it. You don't have to go through a regular immigration process. Get accepted to our college or our university. The universities love it. They pay, they charge like triple or whatever it is for tuition. And they're bringing in tons of foreign students. The foreign student body in here has like, Nick has the actual number. It's like quintupled since 2015.
1: So these universities are just bursting at the seams. You go in at the airport where you're landing and there's like that room. I just walked by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a room where all the students are waiting to I don't know what happens. Then. I don't know They're either. Just I just, we there. just
0: got off a flight from the Dominican yeah. and there's this big yellow sign. It says students this way and a big arrow. Yeah. And then there's another sign like students pointing this way. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. we are now gearing ourselves up for the yeah. arrival of. There's so many students yeah. at the airport. Yeah. And then when you land and you got it in the terminal, there was like this little, it was closed. It was late at night, but there was like this student welcome center thing. Yeah. I guess it would help you get to the right location for your university or college. Yeah. So Canada has just like a second immigration path. That is, it's getting more attention now,
1: but for years it hasn't been discussed. Well, it's great. I mean, in terms, you know, you're bringing in young people. We don't have enough young people being born in the country. So we have to supplant that some sort of way or else all of our real estate dreams are going down. the. You're you're right. We're not good at productivity. We're not good at innovation in this
0: country. We're good at taking people from around the world and stuffing them in here and it produces stuff. But if it's
1: going to produce, I'd imagine your parents are immigrants. Yeah. Well, I was, I wasn't born here either. You weren't born here either. When did you come here? When I was one. So I grew up here. Okay. I I see your
0: English is so strong. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, but yeah, look at this. Yeah. So this is the benefit that we all get. And it's Canada. I think having been born here, my, our parents are immigrants. Yes. I sometimes look at how this country could be so much better and what I would consider pretty easily. Yes. And it gets frustrating because you're like, geez, like, why are we not building the hospital capacity to the po- match the population? Like, am I out to lunch thinking hospital capacity should match population growth? You know, school, like the basic, basic, logical, uh, logical things. Yeah. So you kind of get frustrated. But relative to the rest of the world, I'm constantly reminded that. Compared to many other places to live, this is still a very attractive place. That's an amazing country. And now you get grocery rebate checks. There you go. There re- re- <laughs> right yeah. Yeah. They also okay. said something that the dental plan that they had planned to release is going to cost them double their anticipated <laughs> analysis. I'm so surprised. I'm so- <laughs> no, that's right. exactly I'm sh- what my I'm brother said. This that's this what I'm go-
1: about. He goes. government has never. He goes, never-
0: only double? He goes, yeah. no,
1: no, give them some more time. Yeah, yeah. They'll, 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 they'll get. they'll get there. Yeah. Um so
0: if you do I guess I'm I'm curious would you ever you mentioned Buffalo briefly would yeah. you ever venture out
1: into the states and and why or why not Oh I have I have no idea for for now Canada I don't I like to get into the nitty-gritty of the bylaws and how everything works in order to um you know work within the the framework and and find those opportunities I don't know those opportunities in the states I think all I know about the states is that over the last, like since 2012, the business has been buy um, older stock apartment building, kind of renovate, uh, increase rents, sell, right? That's been working sure. as, a, as a charm. Um, but I think that's, and I can see that with some of the publicly listed companies, that's running into problems because A, interest rates have gone up so much, uh, and B, there's just becoming an affordability problem. There's only so many, um, old apartment buildings that you can you can uh, rehab like that but with with the states what's interesting is their their turnover is a lot higher than we have in in canada so my understanding is 30 to 50 percent turnover almost every year so it's a lot faster to do these projects versus here where we have rent control for older buildings it's a lot harder to do that kind of stuff but i don't have any plans for for the states in the time being but it's you know you have to go there after a certain point to continue growing the car market is small relatively speaking right one tenth the size
0: when when uh when one of your friends looks at what you're doing now, what would you explain to either them or somebody your age roughly Mm -hmm. that is just getting started in in real estate? Is there an opportunity in exactly what you're doing or that you're like, yeah, I'm not doing that. But if I was just starting, I would probably look at that. What advice would you give to somebody who's maybe, you know,
1: five years younger than you or hasn't begun yet? Yeah. I have some friends who want to do some, you know, real estate investing. Um, What I always say to them is just, Hey, I'm like, show me your numbers so I can do- double check them. Um, but I always just say, have enough buffer and whatever you're trying to do that you're not so stretched that it can all go under because... Again, you have to use leverage. It's just the cost of everything is too high. And have you and seen people make mistakes? Like, where have right. you seen
0: them make mistakes? Is it they're trying to flip something and they're not accounting for the cost, or they're trying to buy a rental and just the numbers
1: aren't there on the income to carry the project? Yeah, or or the interest rates have gone up. Like for so many people mm-hmm. right now, and then then everything's underwater, and then you're you're not cash flowing. You're you know you're you're losing money on it. So what have you spent all your time doing, right? Um, or costs haven't grown or uh, during that year like it's happening right now people who bought in um, early 2022 late 2021 just blind not blindly but at market at the time the market hasn't cooperated so it hasn't uh kept up with with what's been happening for the last x number of years so now people are are you know places are just sitting and they're not selling. There's mm-hmm. tons of examples of that. They just keep on getting relisted, relisted, relisted. I presume at a certain point they have to start selling them at, at lower prices because the carrying costs start start getting too too crazy. Um, if you locked in your rates, then you're you're fine for, you know, up to 5 years. But um, presumably you're using some some sort of uh, uh, leverage for the construction cost um, which will like you got to pay those bills or else they're going to take it away. So
0: where would you tell someone to start? Someone wants they say, "Hey man, I just want to get started in real estate. I just want to get into this. I want to do something with real estate." I know this is also
1: a loaded question because it, it ties to people's goals and what they're trying to achieve. But if you, if you just... There's a friend of mine who I have this conversation with regularly. Okay. Um, because he's always like... He's, he's trying he's They're chasing. To, they're chasing. He, he's not chasing. He's just been trying to start. But my question is always to him, what's, what's your goal? Like, are you... Yeah. He works at a bigger... Uh, a big company. And where I see him going is he can be like a very C-suite kind of guy. And I'm like, like, why are you thinking on the... Sm- I think of this like small scale when you can be on that huge scale. And he's always thinking like, I want to be hundred percent of the small scale rather than being a small portion of the big mm, scale. Interesting. Right? So it's an interesting little dynamic. Um, but, but if you had to tell, I would say, yeah, I would say that, um, something, uh, again, this is from perspective of Toronto. Um, something that is existing built, uh, that could be touched up, In a way, like not, not anything super major because so many things can go wrong with construction. They will go wrong in construction the first time around. (laughs) Um, So uh, where you can, you're not going to make a killing, but if you, you know, break even or make a little bit more than that, that that's a job well done because uh, especially in the market that we have today. So call it, you know, a duplex, triplex, four plus that's existing that you can, maybe one or two units are vacant because oftentimes when they're selling places, uh, people try to vacate the units to show, you know, upside growth and rent potential and go into those units, fix up the kitchens, fix up the bathrooms, fix up the floors, increase, increase the rent. So force some equity with your own work on the property. Yeah, I would say so because then you're protecting against doing a project that's way too big. Um, and and you're, you're, you can still capture some upside and see if this is even something that you you like or this works for you, right? Because it's it's a ton of work and a lot of things can go wrong and they will go wrong. And also now that they've passed, uh, at least again in Toronto, they have the laneway suites, what Craig was talking about, and they have garden suite uh, bylaws now too. You always gotta remember like that could be something that you can do in the future with that property. So this way it's like a lighter touch way of getting into something. Fix it up works. You can always add additional density by going down that route. Do you find that
0: um, people your age are um, thinking about owning hard assets as a vehicle to their own financial freedom or no? It's more people are just talking about real estate as a way to get into the real estate market. Like, is this a discussion at your
1: age people are having right now? Um, I think it depends on which friends. I definitely have. friends. Oh, so you do have some talking about this. Yeah, I definitely have hmm. friends who who look at it as as well this or other assets as sure. a way to financial financial freedom, right? You um, owning things lets you have more uh, more ability to, to to follow your pursuits, right? At, at at some point, right? I think a lot of my friends are definitely focused on saving money to you know. For, for later on in life, mm-hmm. you know the TFSA's, RSP, that, that kind of stuff. But I think those who can are definitely thinking about real estate as uh, something, you know, buying something to rent it out. And that one friend that you had the discussion
0: uh, um, around, you know, why he has the path to being in the C suite of wherever corporation versus having a hundred percent ownership of something smaller that he might start on his own. What was the argument that you used? I'm just curious. I like the way you think yeah. um, for staying in the role that would get him to the C suite. Um, well, and, and I'll tell you, like I have a heavy yeah. bias for that because I just think I would rather have 100% of the small thing yeah. because of the freedom yeah. that it potentially allows me in my life. There's yeah. all kinds of other risks yeah. going that way, yeah. but that's where my mind goes. Yeah. And I'm wondering just where, like, how do you argue for staying on the path yeah. into the C-suite in a corporation?
1: Yeah, well, my mind goes the same place as, as yours does, because clearly I'm doing something very mm-hmm. out there, if you will, and it, it's paving my own path. But, um, I think it's always like a grass is always greener on the other side a little bit. Right. So I look at it and if you're on that path to C-suite and, and, and being in one of the big, uh, you know, real estate companies that have already grown, um, then you know you have the steady paycheck you're going to be able to get carry in the carry in a very large thing and it might be a small percentage but small you can percentage. qualify at the banks easier you can qualify, yeah
0: exactly <laughs> some basics
1: yeah exactly there's just that that stability and i think it 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 really depends on your psychology and your family situation frankly how much you need that like, you know i don't get a, a paycheck every two weeks that's just not how mm-hmm. how i'm set up if eat what i kill mm-hmm. um so project goes well I I'm good You're eating steak if it doesn't mac and <laughs> yeah. cheese yeah. mac and cheese <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, some ramen noodles um, so I think it's just being very comfortable with with the risks of yeah, what, what comes with it so that that was my whole point with him it wasn't dissuading him from doing it and I don't know if he would do it as a, a full-time thing even I was just pointing out that you have this path that many people aren't on mm-hmm. so think many times before you say um buy to that path because again speaking and maybe this is a little bit of of uh my inner thoughts probably like i had i had a job in new york in big law one of the big big law firms down there um so i had that path in front of me and then i just i just knew like for me i knew that that was going to be a shitty life for me how did you know what did you do mentally you extrapolated out to your future in that role yeah i extrapolate like i would look at and and this is really i I have many 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 friends in law and many friends who are in law in in uh new york um but so it's not like a sure everyone has their own journey yeah yeah um for me it was just looking at the partner's lives and Mm -hmm. and you know i was you know being on a call at 10 or 11 p.m and the partner's on that call and yeah the partners make millions of dollars a year but they're on it all all the time um so i just didn't like i would look at that and that's not what i wanted my life to be at you know circa 10 15 years forward and you would just talk to people who were into it like two three four five years in and i don't know if i have met many if i met even one at all who was like this is awesome mm-hmm. I lo- i love it so i just kind of said in my mind like if enough people are saying that this isn't ideal let's call it and that they're trying to get out of it like why would i start i'll just i'll just cut it right away
0: yeah that it's it's so funny hearing you say this This is exactly what i went through i was in uh, software sales and everybody was trying to get to these you know larger account It was called a field sales rep who had huge accounts in Toronto and they were just killing it. The income these guys were making was absolutely huge. But then when I saw that they couldn't take more than 14 days off on vacation, otherwise the threat was those accounts would be taken from them and handed to someone else. I just thought this isn't the life that I want. And they were already, I guess, my age now today. And I thought this. Why am I striving for a future that I actually
1: don't want? This doesn't, this isn't lining up. Exactly. Um, I think it's very important to have those role models in your mind, in your mind's eye, or maybe you actually know someone who you're, you're like, I want like that guy's life or that girl's life. Um, And reverse engineer. Yeah. it's like, this, this is cool. The way that they spend their time. How do, how do they get, how do I get there and what do they do and how do they get there? So that's kind of how I think about it. Leonid, pleasure meeting
0: you, man. Really, really, I, I'm I'm a huge fan, I'm a huge fan of what you're doing. I can extrapolate your future out now, and uh, you're going to be on yacht ja week in Croatia in a very. Di- <laughs> you might be, hey, you might be on your own yacht on your yacht ja week
1: in Croatia. It'll, it'll be it'll be different. I'll be with my my wife and uh, yeah. So don't go during yeah. ultra. Then no. Okay? no that's no, a little, no. little tip.
0: This don't go there, that you well are well aware of now. But yeah. uh, for anyone listening who wants to, I don't know, at some point do business with you, interested in what you're doing. Um, is it the website to
1: reach you? Or I don't even know if you want anyone reaching out to you. <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah, you can reach out on LinkedIn. Just look up my name, Leonid Kotov. Uh, I go on there every now and again. I could, so if I don't respond right away, apologies, I'll get to it. Okay, so LinkedIn is <laughs> a good way to reach LinkedIn's you. LinkedIn is a good way to reach me, or you can drop a line on uh, greenstreetflats.com uh, and the contact us page, and we have someone monitoring that. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Thank you.
0: All the best with uh, your next projects and developments. And I think what you're also offering to the city of Toronto is huge. I mean, you're giving back to the you're you have a profitable enterprise that you are also contributing back to the community. And you know, there's much need for what you're doing with this midding missile type of uh, midding missile midding missing (laughs) missing middle (laughs) missile middle Middle. Middle missile missing missing middle um, type of product. So um, yeah, you uh, you, you're serving all of us so thank you thank you for that that's
1: very kind of you to say thank you
0: hey everyone hopefully enjoyed that chat with Leonid great guy his website is greenstreetflats.com that's greenstreetflats.com and just when you think there's no opportunity in Toronto for properties somebody like Leonid pops up and you realize there's always an opportunity right in your own backyard so greenstreetflats.com is his website and if you are thinking about diving into the world of real estate investing but you're not sure exactly where to start you can check out the rockstar inner circle membership that we run by visiting rockstarinnercircle.com that's rockstar innercircle.com and you'll get all the details with membership that we have going on here. And we've had going on for, I guess, 14 years now. You can check out all the details by visiting rockstarinnercircle.com. That's it for this episode. Until next time, your life, your terms.